Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. All around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our family of affiliates and satellite programming providers. If you'd like to uh, send an email, studio at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV, and our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. We are still looking for people to participate in CubesatForDisclosure.com. And if you would like to be part of history, who knows, maybe on this first mission of CubeSat, a UFO will be discovered in close Earth orbit. Find out all the information and how you can become part of this historical launch and this historical project. Visit www.cubesat.com. For disclosure.com. From UFOs, we're going to go to exorcism right now, Exonation. My guest this hour is Stephen Lachance, 
And uh, Stephen lived through what some call one of the most violent haunting cases in history. In 2012, in an unprecedented move, the Roman Catholic Church issued a 156-page report calling his haunting a clear case of demonic infestation, oppression, and possession. The haunting lasted for 10 years. In October 2006, the Discovery Channel premiered its third season of its hit show, A Haunting, with an episode featuring Stephen, his family, and friends on the haunting titled Fear House. The depiction of this show, uh, Demonic Clown, has frightened many and is considered one of television's most terrifying moments. Fear House has been said to be seen by over 26 million people worldwide. Joining me now is Stephen Lachance. And Stephen, I have to ask you, do you think there's any connection with the the haunting of the clown that you uh, experienced and the numerous clown sightings that are appearing all over the world? You know, it's, it was funny that you asked that because my son is so afraid of clowns and that was the thing that he was seeing during that haunting. So when all of this started up, I looked at him and I said, man, do you think that it was possibly... Um, you're behind some of this (laughs) because, you know, of the show and everything. And and I was like, you know, seriously, that that clown is considered, I think even List Mania put it in the top 10 scary clowns of all time. And, you know, so I looked at him, I said, do you think maybe that part of this is you? And he goes, well, maybe it's not me, Dad. Maybe he goes, maybe it was this clown conspiracy all the time and I was just one of the first, so... (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I, you know what? I think it's pretty creepy, though. It, it is. You know, we've seen pictures on the net where clowns are, are scaring people, are chasing people, uh, you know, going to the front door of a house with a knife in their hand like, this is stupid, Steve. Like, the world is going, yeah. you know, a little bonkers these days. But besides that, how are you? How are the family? Oh, we're all doing really, really well. Everybody's doing great. Um, it's a good life now, so um, things are going really good. Thank you for asking. Everything's gone back to normal? Um, yeah, everything's normal now, and things are quieted down. I don't mm-hmm. do as much work out with cases anymore. I consult more than anything. Right. So that seems to calm everything down, too. I mean, when you're out there doing the work mm-hmm. on a consistent basis, it seems like you bring a little bit of your work home with you every once in a while. So um, things are really, really good, though. I can just see this, uh, an exorcist goes to work, comes back home, and the wife says, so how'd it go today at the job? Honey, well, I brought a few dead stiffies home with me, and we've got to work a few things out, send them to the <laughs> other side, and everything will be okay. Hey, Stephen, I, I know you've got a brand new book coming out. It's entitled Confrontation with Evil. When we come back for this a very short break, my friend, let's talk about this, because with the new TV series, The Exorcist, and now hitting the small screens everywhere, once again, more and more people are showing interest in exorcism. And if there's anybody that I know that knows more about exorcism than exorcists themselves on TV, it's Stephen Lachance. Stephen and I will be back on the other side of this break. Now, if you'd like to find out more about Stephen, his website is www.stephenlachance.com. This is The Exxon. I am Rob O'Connell. This is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. Right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, talk, uh, talk stream live. Uh, let me see, Radio X in Brussels, 
just to name a few. And of course, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, we'll be back. Don't go away. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com. Shamanism is recognized as a method to access the quantum level. Mastery of shamanic skills puts spiritual information and healing power into your hands. Path Home Shamanic Art School, a bonded Colorado certified occupational school, has met rigorous state standards ensuring its director and instructors have the qualifications to teach the shamanic arts. Path Home offers its certification program in blocks of study. Block 1, a five-day intensive, will be held in the beautiful mountain town of Coldale, Colorado, October 13th through 18th. Registration deadline is September 12th. Experience journey trance, power animals, helping spirits, sacred space, and life purpose. Come discover your power. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, in the magical world of shamanism. Call 303-775-3431 or visit findyourpathhome.com. Welcome back, everyone. Stephen Lachance is our guest. In uh, 2007, Stephen released his first book about the haunting called The Uninvited, and it quickly gained critical praise and a worldwide audience. In 2010, Warner Brothers featured Stephen and others talking about their hauntings for a documentary called uh, Supernatural. The Warner Brothers DVD set for the show was featured, uh, featured the documentary hit 
number one in the charts worldwide. In 2014, Stephen released his follow-up book on The Haunting, Blessed Are the Wicked, which broke records, hitting the charts within five minutes of its digital release and received critical acclaim for its worldwide release. Stephen has appeared on numerous shows, television appearances, and written media around the world, including Fox, CNN, NBC, Sci-Fi, Chiller, The Discovery Channel, Destination America, and many others. We're going to be talking to Stephen uh, this uh, segment of the show about his new book that is coming out in the, uh, I believe it's February of 2017, Confrontation with Evil. Steve, what's this book about? Well, I live in St. Louis, Missouri, and I've lived here all of my life. And if you grow up in St. Louis, you've always heard about The Exorcist case, Mm -hmm. Uh, the case that the film The Exorcist was based upon, about the boy that was possessed in St. Louis. And so I've been been doing research on this, Rob, since about 2005, even before the the first book even was released, um, for a long time. And, you know, in the reason that I started the research into it, in, in, in like anything else that I do, you know this about me, mm-hmm. is that I go looking for answers to try to figure out what I went through. That's exactly why I went looking into this case, because it seemed like the likely case, well, this is one of the more profile, high-profile cases, uh, more has happened where this was concerned, that maybe I could find some answers for myself within all of that. And that's why I started down that road and, and started looking into it and doing research down that road. Obviously, I was helping a lot of families. I've helped over a thousand families in my career um, through hauntings and different sort of things. So I wanted to do something different with this case because there's a lot of hype that surrounds this thing. I mean, you know, there's a lot of urban legend, a mm-hmm. lot of stories. It seems like a lot of smoke screens are put up where it's concerned. And so I wanted to take a look at it in a way that no one else had been able to before and actually do it as sitting down to look at the case from a point of view of someone that would try to help through the case. Um, I use the same skills that I use to evaluate uh, regular cases that I work with with families Mm -hmm. on this case. So one of the interesting things about that is so where do you do it this case was in 1949 well obviously the exorcist diary from father bishop is out there it's been out there for years i mean there's some that try to paint it out as this new document but it's not it's been out there for a long time but the interesting thing about the the diary that was written by father bishop is it is the only historical written account of the event so it makes more sense to go into that than anything else. Um, and so I started with the diary and I went from there. Um, and I went looking at it and I looked at it with a very judgmental eye. It's not a love letter to the Catholic Church mm-hmm. or anything like that by any means. Speaking about the Catholic Church, why did the why do you think the Catholic Church actually uh, supported your case going back to 2012? And, you know, and the thing is, is I'm not Catholic, mm-hmm. and that's the strange thing about it. Um, now, you know, I think if, if when looking back, I went to them very quickly. Um, I turned to them in 2001 for help, and I couldn't get help. And then when I finally, if you, if you remember the story, when we finally do find a priest, he, he pretty much comes in the house and runs out and doesn't stay very long. 
So, you know, if the very first beginning of the page of, of the report, when you read the report, Rob, it's really interesting on, on my case because it's 156 pages wow. long. But the very beginning of it is an apology to me. Um, they're apologizing to me for not getting to me quickly enough. Um, and they think that it, a lot of it could have been avoided had they gotten to us sooner. And I think it was their apology. Um, and they continued and they said things like, um, we hope that this helps to give you closure. Um, they, they felt that an understanding of it a little bit more so would help us to be able to put closure on it. And I got to tell you, it was the scariest thing I ever read in my life, and it was about me. <laughs> but I'm serious. I mean, I, I was in daylight reading it. I got done with it. I called. My, I got my mother on the phone. I called her, and I, I was telling her about it. And I said, you know, this is And She said, stop. Stop for a second. I said, what? And she goes, remember, that's one point of view. And that was very, very smart on her part. Yeah, well, mothers have a tendency of doing that to you. you (laughs) Because I'm telling you what, it was the scariest document Mm -hmm. that I've ever read. I mean, and especially when they're talking about you. And they're they're hard on you, too, because they'll tell you where you made mistakes. And uh, they don't let you off the hook too easy in in different points, you know. And I always knew when it was going to be something bad in it because he would always say, I need you to take yourself out of this, you know, take your personal feelings out of this. And then I knew that he was going to, I was going to get scolded for something I had done mm-hmm. along the way that was, you know, not right. Now, you and you've known me for years and yep. you know that anytime I've ever made a mistake where this is concerned, I will be the first to put it out because yep. I think we need to learn from our mistakes, but. It was it was interesting. It was an interesting document. I'll have to let you read it sometime. I, I'd appreciate that, Steve. Uh, Steve, during no, absolutely during the investigation that you have you have conducted over the many years in the paranormal and into exorcisms, is there any common thread between the the targets of the demonic possession, or is it random? Mm-hmm. You know, what's interesting is now in in today's day, the way we have social media Mm -hmm. and all of these things, we're all able to communicate like never before. True. So, you know, and it seems like a lot of the people that have lived through this sort of thing kind of gravitate toward each other. And one of the things that I can tell you that we've learned in that process of people, and it's kind of like our own little support group, I guess, in a way. But I can tell you the one thing that we've learned is that everybody was going through some type of dysfunction at the beginning of their cases. You know, mm-hmm. and in my case, you know, um, we, we, I was going through a divorce. We, she had left us. The kids right. weren't seeing her. You know, in other cases, you find that, you know, it's that lowest point mm-hmm. of a person's life when it steps in. And that's what we found to be really interesting. It always seems to be triggered by... Something that is off as far as, you know, the life is going. Um, it brings the negative in. Now, a lot of people might consider that, you know, it's the negative mind frame that you're in at that point, and maybe yeah. that's what opens the door. I don't know, but, you know, it, it, there is something to it because in, through the years during the cases, working with the cases, I look at the cases and some of my most cases that stand out in my mind in all of them, had some kind of dysfunction in the beginning. 
Is there is there a specific age where uh, the prominence of demonic possession takes place, or is it sporadic across the board? You know, I well, it can be sporadic across the board. Mm-hmm. I can. I've, I've worked. A, I've worked a case with a, a four-year-old girl that was speaking a rare form of Aramaic. Wow. Um, yeah. You know. So I mean, it, it can be any age group. It seems like you that that teenage age group, that early teens, mm-hmm. um, is a is a good area to start with. And then it seems also I would I would point as the early twenties to be a danger time too. Um, if if I had to put out specific. Mm-hmm of you know more this than not um it seems to be there now with the younger set i believe a lot of times well you let's use this the, the case you know that i just wrote the book about i mean he was a young boy he was being targeted he was the possessed but he was not the the target of the possession um the target usually in the in this case of a child or a young a young person is usually it seems to be the parent is more the target does that make sense? Um, it's almost like it's trying to get the parent to say, you know, don't take them to mm-hmm. um, a lot of times, that sort of thing. And I think that when we see the kids, you know, I always look at the parent right away because he's within that parent, something is going on there. In the case of the St. Louis exorcism, the mother was trying to find money. Um, she was asking questions about money and trying to find it. It's not the typical case that we all heard about, but right. um, in other cases, you'll find out that you know there's something motivating it that is either um, drawing it in. Obviously, greed would be one of those things. So it's interesting, though. Exo Nation. Stephen Lechance is our special guest this hour. His website is www.stephenlechance.com. Stephen, what conclusion? You know, can you give us an idea of what our listeners will be able to find in your new book? Well, it's not it's not the story that you've been told. Absolutely really? not. Getting into it and, and dissecting. No, Rob, this boy was victimized by every single person that should have been there to help him at any given time. It wasn't until he got to St. Louis. And they didn't come to St. Louis for help, by the way. They came, the first person they saw when they got to St. Louis was a spiritualist alphabet medium. Um, it wasn't to come bring the boy for help to a priest or anything like that. They were still trying to find answers about mm. money that the, the dead end had buried someplace. Uh, we just outrageous stuff. But every single person, the, the, there was a Catholic priest that let it down a Lutheran minister, another spiritualist, his own mother. I mean, you know, when I looked at the case, this boy was definitely, definitely let down by every single person that should have been there for him. And I had to feel really, really sorry for him um, because you're going through this moment in his life which is probably the most horrific thing that ever happened to him. And everybody that should have been there to do something for him was not. He'd give you an example, Rob. At one point, this thing was was scratching answers to questions onto his body. Oh my gosh! The boy described the yeah. He described it as being branded, um, and he would scream in pain. Now, instead of grabbing him and holding him, they were sitting there looking at what the answers were. You know. Um, to see what the answers were to their questions. And then they continued questioning it, knowing that he was going to be branded in such a way. 
it's just outrageous. It's it's abuse at the at the at the, the spiritual level and and the physical level. How do you? Uh, I, I know that you're a very loving and caring father, a very empathic person. How did this case touch you at a personal level? Well, you know, I on the personal level, I think what it did was is being a father. Um, seeing how there was a, there's a moment in that, that I got to the diary where the father actually comes to St. Louis and I finally see a father who is being at this point, the boy is spitting and he's scratching and he's biting and he's, you know, he's mm-hmm. completely under and this father is sitting on the bedside and he's dressing him in his, um, his pajamas to put in bed at night. All right, listen, Steve. And, you and, Steve, and was, Steve, you and I have to take a yeah, break, I'm my sorry. friend. I just want to have a bit of a cliffhanger here. Exonation. Stephen Lachance is our special guest. www.stephenlachance.com, and we're talking to Stephen about his new book that comes out in February, Confrontation with Evil. This is the Exon. I am Rob McConnell, and uh, Stephen Lachance and I will be back on the other side as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, 
Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Stephen Lachance is our special guest, www.stephenlachance.com. We're talking to Stephen about his new book that is coming out in February, Confrontation with Evil. Before we get back to your book, uh, there, there's a question that I just thought of. Is, is demonic possession, could it be associated with past lives? Could a demonic possession follow you from lifetime to lifetime to lifetime to lifetime if, in fact, you do believe in past lives? I believe that's possible. Sure, why mm-hmm. not? You know, what do we always say, Rob? We always say there's there's two types of haunting. There's um, the haunted person in the haunted location. So let's say you're a haunted person. If you yeah. believe in past lives, it seems to me that if, uh, a possession would be able to follow you through time. Why not? Scary thought, actually. It, it, it really is. It really is, because it seems that as we learn more and more about possessions, hauntings, and so on, the the availability and, or the possibility of someone atta- getting attached by a spirit, by a demon, whatever, even being possessed, is more and more likely than we ever thought than before. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen things happen generationally. Um, where in in one case it was a, a case out of uh, Indiana and mm-hmm. in, in, uh, here in the United States, and the mothers played with the Ouija board very young, right. and um, the daughters actually ended up being the ones that paid the price for it at a later time. They, the mothers had some things happen to them when they were young, but it was their daughters that had actually targeted later. So I've seen it work generationally before. So I would imagine if it can work generationally, Mm -hmm. if there is, if we do live alternate existences in lives, and we all know about energy, energy does never dissipate. It always stays constant. So why wouldn't that be a case? 
I, I think it, it could follow you through lifetime, sure. But everything that we know, Steve, and everything that we're learning, is there anything that we can do to prevent ourselves or to inoculate ourselves against possession? I think, you know, the one thing, and I've said this time and time again, I think the one thing that we need to understand is the effect that our attitude on our lives has on our everyday existence, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, 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 you know, and I've had priests, you know, I had a, I had an, uh, uh, an oppression lifted from me. You know that. We've yeah. talked about that. Um, but the one thing that I did that was the most important thing that I did to help myself through that was was change my, my mindset. I took, take the kick me sign off your back. You know, someone said to me once, if you put a kick me sign on your back, somebody's going to come up and kick you. And I think that's where a lot of this, this, this lies. And it's very important when we're working cases that people understand how they invited this into their life, how they got this and where they played a part in their haunting, in their possession, in their um, demonic situation. And, and, and you have to be able to do that to understand it, to be able to move on, to be able to heal from the process, or else you just invite it right back in. It's that same old proverb, you know, you keep making the same mistakes over and over again. As sure. long as you keep making the same mistakes, you're going to get the same results. So when, when, when you're out going and doing these investigations, how, you know, like how do you protect yourself? How do you protect your family and how do you protect those others who have come into the the arena to help with the exorcism? Well, that's always a good a good one. You know, there's everything you can do. You do the best you can. I always I use prayer. Mm-hmm. I do, and in 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 white light exercises and that. And I always you know, and there's always the sprinkling of holy water, that sort of thing. Those things work for me. Um, they don't work for everybody, though, Rob. I mean, other people do different things. However, um, I pray a lot. I pray a lot. But, you know, and I think that that helps. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to tell you that I've never brought anything home because I'd be lying to you because, I mean, there's been times when that has happened when I've had to cleanse my own place afterwards. So, hmm. How many... It, are, are you finding that possessions and... Um the work of an exorcist is becoming more and more uh, of a daily thing? And if so, why is there so much demonic possession going on in the world these days? We noticed it starting around, the, the, it really seemed to start to pick up around 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could give you a year where I could say that I really noticed an increase starting to happen. It would be there now. We're not quite sure why. Maybe it is the interest that has been placed on the paranormal over the past years. Um, that's possible. Um, you know, it's 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 on your televisions every day, every night. Yeah. Uh, the the TV series, you know, The Exorcist. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, you know, when, and if we if we were talking about The Exorcist case, you know, William Peter Blatty, who wrote the book and he did the film. He thought that he was going to bring the youth of America back to the church. And I think in, in some ways maybe that happened. But I think a, a thing happened, and this will explain where I'm going and why we're, things are on the rise. I think we made a superstar out of the devil in the process. 
And in that process, possession and demonic and all of this stuff became a form of entertainment. And when you make things like this a form of entertainment and they like to feed on fear, um, no wonder we're starting to see a rise in the cases. Um, no wonder. And I also think it's a thinning of the veil. You know, they, if we really are in end times, which I think we probably are. I mean, you and I have talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and and you know, and here we are. We're coming into the Halloween season, and it seems that we actually push children uh, onto that side where where it's so dangerous, and yet it's a big joke. It's a party. You know, let's go get some candies. You know, and we'll get ourselves uh, full of sugar before we go to bed. Mom and Dad will have to scrape off, scrape us off the ceiling with a uh, spatula because we're going to be so high in sugar content. And let's get dressed up. Let's celebrate a pagan holiday. Like to me, it makes no sense. Right, it doesn't. And you know, and then to put this on top of it, go and say, "Well, let's sit down as mm -hmm. a family and watch an exorcism." Yeah, really. I mean, when you stop and you really think about that, it's the definition of crazy, really. I mean, um, you know, so, yeah, you know, and I, I, I just have to wonder if we're affecting ourselves, if we're affecting our children, if we're affecting um, the lives that we're living because we've opened ourselves up to this yeah. in such a casual, casual way. And I think that's what we're seeing. I mean, Rob, a four-year-old girl, I saw a four-year-old girl speak the rarest form of Aramaic, so rare that the priest didn't even understand oh it gosh. at first. I mean, there is no way on God's green earth that a child at four years old should be able to do that. Right. You know, you know I, 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 I've held um, someone expelling a demon from their body, and I saw mm -hmm. um, black coming out of them, like just pouring, pouring like crude oil, yeah. you know, and I felt their, 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 their bodies repositioning, their bones actually going back into place as this was happening, you know, and, and, and this is not entertainment. No, that's not fun. That's not entertainment because it may be entertainment for you sitting at home, but I'm telling you what, the people that are living through this stuff, trust me, it's not entertainment at all. It's serious business. And I have to wonder if we're being just too casual about it. You know, it seems that I, I've done a number of articles over the last couple of weeks, Steve, because of the, the media and how mm -hmm. the media is is basically taking control of our lives. You know, whether it's in the presidential election that we see or whether it's in the targeting of certain age groups. And, of course, with the news, you know, if it don't bleed, it don't lead. And, and you know... It, sensationalism this is what the world is wanting uh, according to the to the stats the figures and the polls when it comes to the media it seems that we've gone back in time and everybody instead of sitting at the coliseum watching people kill each other they just sit in front of their tv or their computer or their ipad and away they go mm -hmm. absolutely and think of the things that we're seeing um images you know when when at first when, when, when we first started onto the mm -hmm. Internet, remember there were times when there would be something shocking. And you would have to click, put your, your age, your, your date of birth yeah. in, and everything to get to that, to get to that. It's not that way anymore. 
No. I sat down at the computer today, and there was a dead body that came up. Like, it's, it's casual. It's very casual, and I think that is having an effect. How can it not? How can we not be affecting ourselves when we're planting these images and these negative thoughts in? Negative breeds negative, positive breeds positive. We know that. So what are we doing to ourselves with the sensationalism? I think you're absolutely right, by the way. So what do we do, Steve? Like, you've, you've seen evil firsthand. You've faced evil firsthand. Mm-hmm. What you've done, I'm sure, pale in, 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 in contrast to what the media portrays it as. So how do we take the reality and put it back into where it belongs so that people can understand what danger they are in, what, what they are actually playing with, and how this can affect their lives? You know, and that's, that's the question, and that is the problem. That's the problem. You know, back in 2007, I did an investigation um, at a truck stop. Actually, it was 2006 at a truck stop. And, and I think I've told you this story before, but um, during that investigation, there was this shadow figure in the corner. And the shadow figure would come closer to me, and the guy had a gadget sitting next to me. And as it came forward, it would click. It turned out to be a Geiger counter. And as the thing was coming mm-hmm. to us, it would, the clicking would speed up, which I realized that it was, it was emitting radiation. And radiation was raising in the room. Well, I went out to try to tell people that we need to take maybe start taking a look at this. And maybe that is something. And nobody wanted to have anything to do with it. Because why? Because, because they felt I was ruining their good time, right? <laughs> you know, that's the mentality. So how do you deal with that mentality to bring things back in? I don't know. And I don't think, you know, we warned and we warned and we warned investigators constantly. Constantly, you know, in when we saw that rise of cases in 2009, Rob, when yep. it started, it was all investigators we were dealing with hmm. at that point. Um, I can't tell you how many investigators we dealt with on that on, on that year alone. It was crazy. So, I mean, how do you do that when you turn on your television and we're telling people to go out and hunt ghosts? We're telling them, you know, how, you know I can't tell you how many people have told me they want to see a demon. Well, all they have to do now is turn you know, on the TV and watch the presidential debates. There's two of them. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. Hey, listen, Steve, you, yeah. and I, you and I have to take our final break, buddy. Please stand by. Always a great pleasure talking to you, Steve. You, uh, yeah, you, great you, talking to you. You, give cre- you give credibility to a world where there are so many charlatans, and I'm talking about paranormal and parapsychology, Steve, because you're the real McCoy, and that's why we love you here in the X-Zone. We'll be back on the other side as we continue with Stephen Lachance here in the Exxon. Now, if you'd like to find out more about Stephen, his books, what he's been doing, or if you'd even like to contact Stephen, visit his site at www.stephenlachance.com. And I'd like to thank our good friends at Llewelling for helping make this interview possible. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. As host of Dialogue with Divinity, I am thrilled to join the Exxon Broadcast Network 
and their growing number of affiliates. My quest for a connection to the divine ignited my successful career path as an international spiritual counselor for over 40 years and author of four books and well-known metaphysical educator. My clients call me their spiritual mama. So my job is to offer you a radio show to help you grow spiritually with wisdom and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune into Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with spirit. My goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365. Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com.
What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genex provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life is no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. Exonation, Stephen Lachance is our special guest. Stephen has a new book coming out in February. It's entitled Confrontation with Evil. And you're probably saying, my gosh, Rob, his book is coming out in February and you've got him on now. What gives? Well, it's very simple. See, I thought I'd bring Stephen on so that we could show you the members of the Exonation who have never heard of Stephen Lachance before. I know, I know that's rare. I know, but we do have a few new affiliates. I thought I'd bring Stephen on for two reasons. All right, there are two reasons. Number one, he's got great books that are available on his website. That's number one. But number two, in 13 days from tonight, it's Halloween. And there are so many corny stories out there. I thought I'd bring Steve on so that Steve can share some real, honest-to-God, scary stuff with us. The stuff that is real, not the stuff that is made out. So, Steve, as, as I said to you during the break, it's great having you on the show. We're going to have you back on as soon as your book is available. But can you share some of your most scary moments with us? You know, there was one moment that, you know, that talking about possession and everything, mm-hmm. one case that I was working, where it, the little boy, now it was a video, the case came in with a video first. And, and, and the boy was, he, he would see the covers being taken off the boy, the boy waking up and screaming at night and everything. So we think it's the child when we go into the case. Mm-hmm. So we go, to, we go to the case, we're checking out the house, we, 
We have the boy taken out of the house, so, you know, so we could do our work. I'm sitting downstairs. I have the parents at the dining room table, and I'm talking to them. And and then I and I and then I, they're blessing the house while this is going on. And so I'm talking to the parents, the mother and the father, and they seem like really nice people, just really ordinary, no problem at all. They come by blessing the house with holy water. They sprinkle the holy water. And the moment they sprinkled the holy water next to the husband, he turned. And he looks at me in this deep voice, black eyes, and black as pitches can be rough. And his voice changes. And he looks at me and goes, I hate the smell of holy water. And I just... Well, you, you know, what do you do? What do you do? So I didn't want to overreact. You know, what you don't want to do, I was shocked, trust me. I didn't want to overreact. So what I did is I looked I looked across the table, and I looked at the woman, and I said, you, you, you have a priest, right? <laughs> you know, and we, we, it took two exorcisms. But it, that was one of those cases where wow. it came out, and I, and I wasn't quite sure exactly where. Um, one another case that I can think of, a story you'll love, uh, Old South Pittsburgh Hospital down in Tennessee. I was there a couple of years back. And I went looking for someone, and I had this kid with me who had never been to any place before in his life. And I, and I couldn't find – I was looking for my son was with me, and I was looking for him because he had the car keys. Well, they had an old psych ward up on the third floor of this hospital. And it's dark, and we go up there, and, and I'm calling him, and, and, and I don't hear him. And all of a sudden, I feel the energy start coming at me. And this thing rushed me. You couldn't see it. You could just feel it. I mean, wow. I, and hair standing up on the back of my neck. Next thing I know, there I go, slammed against the wall. It slammed me against the wall. So I'm trying not to, to be, you know, trying to be calm about it. I get the kid. We get him downstairs because so, I, I just knew it was going to go after him. And I'm like, don't say anything to anybody because I don't want people to freak out and find out the guy that handles the extreme hauntings just got slammed by Gibson yeah, sure. Hall. You know, that would, that would tend to freak out the whole place. So I'm trying to be quiet. So I go into the restroom because my chest is hurting. I pull up my shirt, mm-hmm. and I have two handprints that were bruised into my chest. Holy cow. Um, yeah, that was one of the stranger ones. Um, you know, you, it, it varies. I mean, different times. I mean, you know, I've been pushed. I've been scratched. I've been thrown downstairs. I mean, you know, sometimes those kinds of things happen. But, Steve, um, what, what's, but, the sig- you know, what's the significance of holy water, and how does it work? Well, okay, well, I'm going to give you my significance yep. of holy water. Um, you know, in, 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 it, it, it's, it's representative of an idea you know when we give out blessed metals when you know the blessed metals and the mm-hmm. holy water some people you'll see them bring out the sage i don't think you know with the sea i don't think it's actually um the water that's doing it the, the water's blessed obviously yeah. but you know i i think it's more of a representation of something it's a representation of faith it puts it puts that intent or that faith into something concrete um, something concrete that you can leave in the place. You know, you sprinkle the holy water, the holy water marks, it's left. Your intent is left upon it. You know, I get, people send me rosaries all the time, even though I'm not Catholic. But anytime I ever get anything, I always keep it because I realize that 
it's not so much the significance of that rosary right. for myself. It's the intent that was put in that rosary. It was sent to me because somebody felt that it could protect me. And so, therefore, it's got great power, mm-hmm. don't you think? You know, and that's kind of how I look at it. That's kind of how I look at the holy water and everything. So we can we look at the, the holy water and the, well, not the holy water, but if we look at the rosary, can we say or compare it to a talisman? Well, in some ways, yes, I would think. I would think so. Uh, you know, I, I really would. I think pretty much that's kind of what I just, you know, described in a way, I guess. But, yeah, I would look at it sort of like that in a way. Um, I, but, you know, that intent is there. And with that intent, is there, there is power with thought. It's all about thought, Rob. I, I can't tell you how much of it is about thought. It's, it's that idea that mm-hmm. this is going to protect me or that idea that this is going to make the difference. But I got to tell you something. We all have that power within ourselves, yeah. too. It doesn't take these things. It's just it's something to, that triggers that power or gives us the strength so that we can pull on that power within ourselves. Does that make sense? So it does. It does. It, it truly does make sense. So if if people realize this, can they reverse it? Can they actually fight the demonic power it themselves? The church would hate it, but I'm going to tell you right now, but I believe they can. Yeah. I believe they could. Um, and, you know, and, and, I, and I really do. And, and I think it's just a matter. You know, one of the things that I always tell people, mm-hmm. you want to protect yourself, live a positive life, live a happy life, love your family, love what you do. Um, don't forget how to laugh, how to be happy. You know, that's how you keep yourself protected. All of those things are things that the demonic is repulsed by. They hate those things. So if you have those things in your life and you keep them present within your life, you have nothing to worry about because they're not going to want to come around you. It's those moments when you let yourself go, when you hit that darkest, deepest moment in your life, that's when these things come in. That's when you invite them in. And it's at those moments, it's at your weakest moments where you are the most vulnerable to these so I would imagine that if somebody is abusive with alcohol, drugs, or they're just a mean, nasty, rotten son of a... That they have opened up themselves to the into the realm of getting possessed because the demonic entity will see them as... You know, just a just a body with no soul that he can take over or she can take mm-hmm. over. Absolutely, you open yourself up. You open your mind. Uh, I think we see that. You know, um, in, in the United States, we have the methamphetamine problem everywhere. And I look at those people, and I've seen possessed people, Rob. And I look at those people. You look at them, and they kind of look the same. They do. Mm. And it's like, you know, I, uh, yeah, I mean, really, they do. And I, I have to wonder at times um, if that maybe, you know, we're looking at something that is actually causing possession as far as a chemical substance or it's opening them up to it. But they do look like it. a lot of the, uh, the, 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 the meth um, addicts do look like possessed people um, in, the, in that sense. And that a frightening thought. It certainly is. 
It certainly is. All right, all right, we've got about two minutes left, Steve. Is there anything that our listeners can do to to avoid these negative entities, these demonic spirits? Like you know, with vampires, they wear garlic. Um, what what can what can people who believe that they are at risk of being the host of a demon? What can they do? Well, you know, you, you look for look for faith, and I'm not talking a religious faith. I'm talking about spiritual. Get in touch with your spiritual side and do the things that I just told you. You know, live a happy life, love your family, um, no alcohol, drugs, keep things pure and happy within your life, and and that should do it for you. It's very rare that we would find somebody that would be affected um, that has not gone to a darker side of their life. Steve, as always, time goes by so fast with you, my friend. Congratulations on your new book, Confrontation with Evil. And I look forward to the next time that we meet back here in the X-Zone. But until then, my friend, do me a great favor. Take care of yourself and regards to your family because the world needs Stephen LaChance because in my book, you are the real McCoy and you make a great difference in so many people's lives, Steve. I'm proud to call you my friend. Well, I'm proud to call you my friend, too. Thank you so much. Take care, my friend, and I'll speak to you soon. See you soon. Bye-bye. ExoNation, Stephen LaChance has been our guest this hour. I've had the pleasure of knowing Stephen a great number of years. He's a crusader. He's a fighter. But you know what? He's He's also a person who believes what he says, and he... Talks the talk and he walks the walk. www.stephenlachance.com. I'll be back on the other side of this break. We're talking about UFOs and WikiLeaks next in the X Zone. Excited for a road trip? Start it off right with auto coverage from American Family Insurance. J.D. Power ranked us number one in customer satisfaction with the auto insurance shopping experience among mid-size insurers. Get a quote at AmFam.com. American Family Insurance. For J.D. Power 2021 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.